1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. I've been using the tagline, church people are weird, since the inception of this podcast. It was kind of the driving, um, the, the driving phrase, the thing that kind of kicked this whole thing off. And I think anyone that heard this would know that I say that with the utmost of respect. Uh, it's, it's true. No matter what your branch of Christianity is, you are a bit different, and everyone, um, uh, I heard someone talking about a book they, uh, wrote today, uh, this week, talking about leveraging your weirdness for success, and he said, uh, not just those of us out there who wear funky colors on our clothes, not just those of us out there who uh, have unusual or weird jobs, not just those of us who are particularly uh, traditionally creative people, but everyone is weird in their own way. Uh, Dr. Seuss put it this way, he said, we're all a little weird, and life's a little weird, and times we fall into mutual weirdness and we call it love uh, everyone's weird this is in no way according to me being called weird is um, it's not a derogatory statement in any way shape form or fashion I celebrate weird that's that's kind of my thing I absolutely love it and if you're just like everyone else, uh, well, uh, Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone that's self, everyone else is already taken. Um, so yes, I celebrate weirdness, but um, not everyone on this planet does. And we really typically need a motivation, a reason to be different. Because... Most people just follow the status quo. Go with the flow. That's the phrase. Uh, turning around, going against the current, that's not natural. So something has to be a motivating factor to make us step out from among them and be separate. That is biblical. Uh, and I hope by now that you know when I say church people are weird... It's not a statement against, because, um, how do I put this, um, someone put it this way, uh, I are one. I am one of the people that I'm talking about. I am not talking against it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Church people are weird, and I am church people. A church person, I suppose.
use proper grammar, you know. Uh, but anyway, the question then comes, why? Now, I know I've said it before uh, at the beginning of this show. Peculiar is a King James only word that it's only used in the King James Version in our opening verse of First Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, where it says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people. Now, that's uh, King James only. It's, it's not in any other translation of the Bible put that way. Uh, different translations say God's own special people, God's chosen people, or some other variation of that. It's because God has chosen us specifically for a purpose. But by that virtue, because not everyone in the world is following Jesus, naturally the people who decide to follow Jesus are going to look strange. Not not uh, everyone on this planet is spending their Sundays going to church services. Not everyone on this planet is taking time in the mornings to pray. Not everyone on this planet is going to try to read their Bible. Not everyone on this planet, well, not everyone on this planet owns their Bible. Um, most people on this planet do not put themselves on any sort of restrictions as to what they do. The only thing, uh, they follow the, the Disney motto, which has kind of become the cultural mainstream idea. Follow your heart. Yet we, church people who are trying to follow the Bible, say, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? It's, it's, we decide to be different, and because we decide to follow a different rule, a different cultural idea, a different method, a different thing, we therefore become strange. Or, the word I like to use, weird. Uh, and, to be a little weird, to be a little different, I decided this episode to break my own rules. Uh, I broke my own rules. This episode hasn't, it doesn't have a double P or a triple P as some of the episodes have been. Uh, the titles I've liked to use the word peculiar and uh, say peculiar people, peculiar preaching, peculiar playbook. Uh, and I tried to use synonyms and all this, but yeah, I decided to be different, weird, you might say, peculiar. And I uh, went with something a little different. This episode is called Why So Weird. And if you have clicked on this video or clicked on this episode or tapped on it, if you're on some sort of touchscreen mobile device listening, uh, you already know the title. So this is not news to you. But yeah, Why So Weird? Uh, it, in part, it's it's still alliterative, so... It still kind of follows my theme of episode titles. But it, it also kind of calls to mind that uh, that quote from the Joker. 
why so serious? Yeah, uh, so why so weird? Why are, why are you being weird? Why you gotta be different? Why won't you dress like other people dress? Why won't you talk like other people talk? Why won't you do what other people do? And to me, the answer feels simple. And it's because Jesus... Because Jesus... Because Jesus called us out to be different. Uh, come out from among them. Be separate. Uh, that's that's a Bible verse. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's a Second Corinthians six seventeen. He literally told us to be different. Uh, you'll find multiple times in the four Gospels that Jesus told people to follow me. He saw Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, is what the book of Matthew says. He saw one man named Matthew. He saw him sitting at his work desk, you might say, and he just walked up to him and said, follow me. Matthew left his work materials behind, got up from the desk, left right in the middle of his work shift and followed Jesus from that day forward and became a disciple. He saw Peter, James, and John, and Andrew working. They were at the fishing docks, and he saw them, and all he said was, follow me. They laid their nets down. They followed Jesus, quit their jobs on the spot, and decided, I am going to come out from among them and be separate. I'm going to be different. And all throughout the Gospels, we hear them in their ways of being different from everyone else of those days. I, um, I, I heard the story today while I was going through my audio Bible reading on my uh, device and heard the story where they, they, they came and they asked, does your master not pay uh, did, does your master not pay the uh, traditional offerings that we pay? Uh, they had another time where they came and they said, Hey, why aren't you fasting in the same way that John the Baptist's disciples do? John the Baptist was already different enough, but they were even being different from the way John the Baptist lived. He came out from among them. He made them separate. They were made to be different. But I told you, uh, in, I wrote in the description, the question is why. Why were they willing just because Jesus, because Jesus in and of himself does, isn't a good enough reason for most people. Because, okay, so Jesus told you, why should I care? Why should I care if Jesus told you to be different? And, I mean, I guess I don't have to convince you. Except I kind of do. You see, Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. This was also in the book of... Uh, it's at the conclusion of several of the Gospels where Jesus uh, 
says in Matthew 28:19, Go, therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Uh, in the English Standard Version, that is, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Uh, and yet still, one more version, New Living, says, Go make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, Mark did, told a similar thing at the end of his. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, NLT once again. Mark 16, 15. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And K KJV puts it, he uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, because I believe these words, I'm going to live different. But why do I believe these words? Why did Matthew, why did James, John, Peter, and Andrew believe these words? Well, the simple answer is because they, they uh, there, there was a quote from some people who went to see Jesus one day and they were sent to arrest him. They were sent to arrest Jesus. And they said, when they came back and they had not arrested him, they came back empty-handed. They were asked these questions. Why didn't you arrest him? And their answer was, we never heard anyone talk like this man talks. Never a man spake like this man. That was their reason. That was their reason. They they didn't follow wholeheartedly. They didn't become followers. But they weren't going to be antagonizers either. But I have to explain why I'm a follower. And to tell you why I'm a follower, uh, i got to tell you my story. Not everyone's why is their story. I put in the description, I talked about Simon Sinek. He talks about uh, how we need to start with why when we're trying to sell an idea to someone. He talks very corporate and all that kind of stuff and branding. So, I, 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 to me, he feels very genuine uh, and authentic in his words. Big plus. Um, but these types of guys who do these things, I know they're corporate and they really, they literally want to sell you something. And he, he's talking about don't just sell a product, sell your very concept of being and soul and this and that. And you need to connect to them on an emotional heart level. And when they connect with you on a heart level, they'll connect with you 
on a financial level. And they'll become loyal followers of your brand. And he talks about knowing your reason for being and this and that. Well, he says that when you tell people what you believe or what you're selling them, you'll, you might make some sales. But they have just as much reason to believe the next church down the road in the context I'm talking from, or the next ideological statement down the road. Um, if you'll tell them how to do it, well, that's great. Practical advice is always good. Um, but that's still not emotional. But when you tell them why, why you do it, now that's different. That's another level. And then we get into this whole idea of motivation and this and that. Wonderful. But I've still not got around to tell you why I believe this thing. Here's why I believe this thing. Because I've seen it work. That's why Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, why they believed this thing. What changed Peter was Peter was on a boat with Jesus. And Jesus did a miracle in front of his own eyes. And when Peter had the miracle happen, uh, Jesus told him to cast his nets on the other side of his boat and he would catch a great catch of fish. Peter had been fishing all night. He was a fisherman. He knew how fishing worked. He said, Lord, we've been fishing all night. And we have caught nothing. But as those antagonists had said, said later on in the Bible, never a man spake like this man. He said, nevertheless, at your words, I'll do this. And when he did, he caught so many fish, he had to call for help from another boat to possibly bring in the catch of fish. From that moment, Peter gets down on his knees and says, I'm a sinful man, God. you got to go away from me. And Peter and Jesus said, let it be so, or something like that. I don't remember exactly. I'm not quoting. This is from memory. Uh, and he says, from this day forth, you will catch people. You're going to become... A follower, you're going to become a preacher and you're going to save souls. You're going to see souls saved. You're going to become, make people different and they're going to embrace this new idea. Peter saw miracles happen. And that's the reason that when Jesus said, Follow me, he was willing to drop his nets, quit everything he was doing, and wholeheartedly follow after Jesus. Your host, your podcast host, this guy who created this thing known as Peculiar, going out into the YouTube world, going out into the podcast world, why do I do this? Well, I was born on January the 17th, 1996. Um... Things uh, were rocky from my very beginning. 
I was sent off to the NICU for a few days. I survived. And next church service that was going on at Star Bethlehem Church where my parents had grown up attending church, uh, they had this guy with them. Much smaller, not talking, not walking. You know, typical baby stuff. And I, they dedicated me to the Lord. They had ever, they had people pray over me. And from that day forth, uh, every time my parents went to church, which was every service that they could, this guy was with them. They brought me to church. I had no choice in the matter. And I would not have a choice in the matter um, until I was a grown adult who could make my own decisions. As kids, they never gave us that option. Me, my sister, neither one had the option of whether or not we would go to church. So I was exposed to preaching from an early age. I was exposed to Sunday school classes. I was exposed to apostolic church people music. I was exposed to Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I was exposed to Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. And all the other Sunday school songs, uh, from the goofy to the not-so-goofy, I uh, was raised up on VeggieTales as Christian entertainment. I was raised up listening to radio dramas like Adventures in Odyssey, the stories of the Sugar Creek Gang, and etc., etc. I was heavily indoctrinated in this thing. But there are people who listened to Christian radio, who went to church services, and who... Um, was raised up to believe all these things who no longer do so. They are not 27 years old and still doing this. There are people I went to Sunday school classes with who no longer attend church. I have a cousin who went to church for much of his life who actually also was preaching the same year that I started preaching. Um, he's pretty much my age. He no longer believes like I believe. So what's the difference between me and him? What's the difference between me and the guys who were my same age group, going to the same Sunday school classes I went to? What's, what's the difference? What convinced me that didn't convince them? To me, the only sure thing that I can say um, well, let's continue the story a little more. I continued to go to church and um, nine years old. I had been praying for about a year uh, that I wanted to be saved. I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
you don't know what that means, go back to like episode 3. You'll hear the full explanation. I had been baptized in the name of Jesus. I had repented of my sins. I believed God was real. I believed in the rapture, another video that we have on the channel about what that is. I believed that God was coming back for his church someday. I wanted to be part of that. Uh, I, I wanted to be in that number that would be going up in the rapture. Um, but I had not been filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, I, I was wanting to. I believe God was coming back soon. I believed it was a thing that was absolutely imminent. If I had been told 15 years later, well, more than 15 years later, that I'd still be here. I'm not sure if I'd believe you or not, but here I am, lo and behold. Um, but I was on my way to church that night, and I looked out the window. I saw the moon was blood red, and I re recalled that there was a passage in the Bible that said, it will come to pass in the last days that, uh, the moon would turn to blood, and the sun would go dark in the days before the coming of the Lord. Typical um, astro astronomical phenomenon that the moon will sometimes look red, but nine-year-old. I was a nine-year-old. I was on my way to church, and something inside me determined, I am going to get the Holy Ghost tonight at church. Now, I had watched people uh, for the last nine years of my life come into church who were in their 20s, their 30s, even their 50s. And uh, they were just now deciding, I'm going to get serious about Jesus, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. And somewhere in my seven, eight, nine-year-old head, I thought, I can wait till I'm a grown-up. But these things started stirring inside me that I had seen, and I had seen people speak in tongues, and part of me was like, how do I know that's real? How do I know that's legit, and not just people faking it? Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying to myself. I was like, I wanna, this is gonna happen tonight. This is gonna be for real. This is gonna be a for real thing that happens. So I, Went in there. I was determined. This is going to be it. This is going to be the night. I went in there. Started praying. At the pew. Where we always sat. At our seat. I was praying. God I want to make sure my, my heart's right with you. God forgive me for everything that I've ever done wrong. Every every horrible heinous sin. That this nine year old boy has ever done. God please forgive me. And make sure I'm totally clean. And. I've been baptized, and I, I I want your I want the Holy Ghost, God. I want the Holy Ghost. And then church started. Um, the lights went up. The singers started singing. The announcements had been made, and church was underway. And I started. I lifted my hands up to God. I started praying, and I walked out into the center, down the center aisle, towards the front of the church, where everyone was worshiping. And I started praying. People started gathering all around me. They started laying their hands and they was praying, God, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And all at once, 
language started changing. I started speaking different kind of words. I, I, I started filling in my, I love you, Jesus, Jesus, filled me with the Holy Ghost, started changing into something different. My language started to shift, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I just said to everyone right there, I got it. And everyone shouted, and they, they, they rejoiced over the fact that someone else had been added to the kingdom in that moment. I had it. I had received God's Spirit. And you can't convince me that that story isn't true. Because it's my story. That's why I believe this thing. I have many more stories throughout the course of my life. But that was the kickoff for me. That's what started this thing. I said this at church um, this Sunday. Uh, I was I was speaking as our service went, and I told everyone, I said, look, just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on his name. Just worship him. Just test and see if he can change your life. And if you won't test and see if it's real, then you can't tell me it's fake. Test and see if it's real. Peter did that. When Jesus said, cast your net on the other side of the boat and you'll get a great catch of fish, he said, okay, God, I've been going all night long. I have no reason to think this is going to work. I know more about fishing than you do. But nevertheless, at your word, I will try it. Why am I so different? Why am I so weird? Because I've tried it and it works. Why don't you try and do the same thing? If you, if you try it and it doesn't work for you, all right, go on, do your thing. But taste and see. Give it a chance. Give God a chance. And just see if maybe you'll be even weirder than I am. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again next week.